You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander. Good morning to you, Bill. Good morning, Jason. Uh, got a nice, another fine fall weekend here, Bill. And uh, can fo- you believe it's the first weekend of December? I know this year has just <laughs> flown by, and football season is uh, is is winding down here. It's uh, it's it been a great. Depends on who year. you talk to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't want to get ahead of myself. The Clemson uh, fans are probably a little bit happier. Oh uh, well. Um, well, well, you know, we we certainly got past a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, weekend and Black Friday and <laughs> Cyber Monday, and uh, people are probably thinking, well, uh, or they're feeling a little poor uh, today. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, folks have gotten lots of rest, uh, and here we are again, another another weekend to enjoy. So. Uh, of course, there'll be a lot of folks out shopping, at least on their computers, if not out in the malls and, mm-hmm. and the small shops and things. So it's uh, definitely uh, Christmas uh, time again. In fact, I guess one of the things that sort of gets away with you, at least it does for me, is when I see uh, f- folks, um, uh, you know, putting out their Christmas things right after Halloween. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> but, you know, I guess some people just want to get really way ahead of uh, of the season. But uh, right now we're in the season. That's so right. it's, it's uh, the busy time, and it's really the, the time to enjoy uh, the parties and friends and, and uh, just the, the good times that this season brings for families. Absolutely. It's, it's a, a fun time of the year, and we're, we're all very excited about it. And, uh, well, Bill, let's get into our, our topic at hand today. We're going to talk a little bit about retirement, and this is interesting, the things that no one tells you about retirement. Well, you know, I've, I've said for many years that, um, and, I, and I don't want to call every retiree a senior, although most 30-year-olds would, would say that, yeah, if you're getting ready to retire, you're already a senior. And, you know, one of the things that really gets next to you is when you turn 50 and you start receiving mail from AARP, <laughs> uh, it's sort of like, wait a minute. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Say, I, I guess that's officially when uh, you have reached beyond middle age. I guess, but uh, for a lot of folks, we we you know we don't feel like we're out of the ballpark yet. At least we hope not. But that's right. but you know that, that there's so many things um, that change as you get older, and need, you know you get uh, you know start reaching towards retirement. And, um, you know, most people are not, you know, getting advice uh, from from folks that can help them. Um, you know, people don't talk to them about things that really – maybe it's because they don't know. <laughs> but the bottom line is most, most of us uh, go into our uh, – pre-retirement years and retirement years blindfolded, and then all of a sudden things uh, crop up, and it costs us a lot of money, and it's like, wow, where'd that come from? Or we have to make 
you know, you know, for the last several weeks, we've been saying, hey, this is Medicare open enrollment. And uh, if, uh, you know, for those who have traditional Medicare, you need to look at your Part D plan uh, if you have an option uh, because they change. Uh, and for those who are on Medicare Advantage plans, they really need to look at those plans carefully and compare them every darn year. Um, you know, it's complicated. So I don't want to talk about Medicare. I think we beat that dog to death. <laughs> uh, but um, but there's there are so many things out there that will catch you by surprise. And, you know, in this area, we have uh, a lot of folks – um, who are state employees, county employees, city employees who earn a pension. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the time they, they get retirement counseling for about 60 seconds uh, before, you know, <laughs> sign here on your way out, mm-hmm. uh, which from my perspective is terribly unfair. But one of the major decisions that uh, folks have to make is – uh, do I reduce my pension for the benefit of my spouse so that upon my death, my spouse will receive all or part of my retirement pension? So that's that's a pretty big decision to make that should not be made uh, in the the minute as you're walking out the door. Uh, it really is a decision that needs to be made at a minimum several months prior to walking out the door. And what do I mean by that? Well, part of it, part of that decision may be because of the age difference between you and your spouse. Your spouse may be older than you, 10 years younger than you, uh, can be you know, that's a big difference because life expectancies um, are very different for folks who are older or younger. And uh, some folks are healthy uh, and some folks are not. And that's another uh, factor. You know, no one has a perfect answer, but you can make – you have to make business decisions based on um, – assumptions that are highly likely in terms of longevity and the like. Um, Now, here's – for a lot of folks, particularly when the spouses are about the same age, and it depends on, you know, ladies tend to live longer than men, Mm -hmm. you know, so typically – uh, what what the husband is trying to do is to say, well, it's likely that I will die prior to my spouse. Now, obviously, if the spouse is a lot younger, then that's not necessarily true. But um, uh, but how do I t- how do I protect my wife? Uh, I mean, generally, that's the the question. It's not all. Sometimes it's true the other way around, depending on who is the primary breadwinner these days. But one option that should always be considered if the retiree or the you know the near retiree is in excellent health is looking at how much it will cost you in a reduction of your pension to protect your spouse and then looking at a life insurance policy based on your good health um, in essence, using about the same amount of money that would be deducted from your paycheck each um, each month 
on your pension and using that to purchase life insurance. Well, that could be a huge benefit for the spouse or for the children because if you take that deduction, um, I mean, obviously you have to be in good health for that to work. But if you take the deduction and your spouse dies before you die, then all that money's gone down the tubes. On the other hand, um, if it's not unusual uh, for spouses to die within a few years of each other. It's, I mean, obviously it's not, you know, you never know those kind of things, but it's not that unusual either, for, mm-hmm. for particularly if both of them live a long time. Uh, and guess what? If the spouse doesn't live long enough after your death, then again, you have thrown a lot of money down the tubes. But And so in most cases, if you're in good health, a life insurance policy actually will result in far more money to your surviving spouse if they survive you, and certainly more uh, for your children or other causes as it relates to that. So that's one of the things that that uh, anyone who has a pension, you know, one that, uh, you know, as such as a state employee, county employee, uh, military um, officer, you know, a, you know, a veteran who's uh, retired from the military, anyone in those kind of situations um, should look at the um, uh, at the benefit of a a, li- a private life insurance policy in lieu of taking the reduction uh, for the pension. Um, they they need to do something for their spouse. It either needs to be one or the other uh, in almost every case. Uh, you know, there are cases where a spouse, you know, particularly where it's likely that a spouse will outlive the other spouse, you know, take a, a healthy wife and a very unhealthy husband who's much older than she is. Is Does it make sense for her to take a reduction in her pension when the likelihood of uh, her premature death is is so unlikely. I mean, it, that you know, that's the case where you might not do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have to be thoughtful of that issue. I mean, that's what marriage is all about. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's one thing, you know. But there are a lot of other things. And for instance. Um, you know, obviously, that's uh, one of the larger assets that people have today uh, is not just their house, but oftentimes the retirement account that is the largest asset that people have. You know, houses are still a big part uh, if it's owned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, retirement accounts um, uh, tend to be large assets for many, many families. Well, retirement accounts have um, at least normal retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, uh, the kind of accounts that most people have, federal thrift savings plans. Um, they have When you turn 70 and a half, you have minimum requirements required distributions. You know, people need to know that. Well, guess what? Those distributions are taxable. Most folks understand that. And they're taxable as ordinary income. 
Uh, in other words, they're not taxed as capital gains. There's not they're not taxed as dividends. They're mm-hmm. taxed just like earned income, but it's called ordinary income. All right, so um, that is meaningful because in retirement, uh, obviously, most people by the uh, if they're seventy already, they are in fact collecting Social Security. No one uh, delays past age 70 to receive Social Security. Now, frankly, many, many people should be delaying Social Security until they're 70. You know, one of the biggest mistakes folks make today in getting towards retirement is taking Social Security before their full retirement age because uh, folks can but should not, in almost every case, elect to take Social Security at age 62. Widows and widowers can take Social Security at age 60. Um, but that is all I'm uh, – anytime you take Social Security early, you are penalized mm-hmm. in a big way uh, on how much income you will see, receive for the rest of your life. So. Um, if if you're not familiar with the rules, this is something that uh, a pre-retiree or a retiree really needs to know these rules well so that they can make the right decisions. Now, we've talked about that, too. I'm beating a dead horse again. <laughs> but uh, uh, the bottom line is, is that, okay, so now we're on Social Security. Uh, and now we're we've got gone down the road another six months, and now guess what? We have minimum required distributions from our retirement accounts. Well, what a lot of folks don't realize is that that's going to increase your taxable income. Well, guess what that does? Well, depending on how much income you have, obviously you have your Social Security income. But you may have a lot of other income as well. A lot of folks do, and and certainly folks with a pension uh, typically will have pretty good income too. But then you also have all of your other income. So, and some folks are still working <laughs> because they need the income. But the bottom line is is that um, when your income goes up, it can actually cost you additionally in two different ways, and folks don't realize it. Number one, as your income goes up, then your Social Security gets taxed. Okay, so how much can you earn? You know, a little less than $20,000. So if your income is over that, then your Social Security gets taxed. And that's you know, seems unfair, but it's the way it is. And so you're basically you're penalized for the extra income, and that's a hard hit. That's less money in your pocket. Okay, and I don't think that the Congress, you know, this, you know, the Congress right now, or they're formulating the sausage up in Washington about all these tax changes. Well, I haven't heard anything about changing the rules we're we're talking about right now. In fact, if anything, they're going to get worse for us. But there's another penalty that a lot of folks don't realize that come with extra income. And sometimes your minimum required distributions can do this to you. Now, typically in your early years, your minimum required distribution is not that much as a percentage. As you get older, the percentage increases every year. Um, 
you're actually um, if you only take your minimum required distribution, your your um, social security, your excuse me, your retirement account will actually actually not run out until you're 115 years old. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but uh, when you reach your late 80s. The, because your life expectancy is much, much shorter, the, the percentage of your minimum required distribution is much, much higher, right. very high at, the, at that, that rate. But the other thing that it does to you, and this really hits seniors really hard, is it exposes your Medicare premiums to be much higher than the norm. Uh, in 2018, the, your Medicare premium um, for new enrollees will be about $134 a month for Part B, you know, Part A. And we've talked about this too, but so I'm just refreshing everybody's memory. But Part A is covered by the taxes you paid when you were employed. You know, Part B, you know, that's the hospitalization mm-hmm. part of Medicare. Part B is the medical side, paying your doctor, and you pay a monthly premium, which is normally deducted out of your Social Security check. Well, that's gone up. You know, in the last few years, it was about a, a little less than $105 a month. And But that premium has gone up over the last uh, couple years. And, and next year, it'll be almost $135 a month. And that's just for Part B. And then you also have a premium for Part D, you're, you're, that's the drug part of, of Medicare. Here's the bad news, though. As your income goes up, Medicare has what they call IRMAs, which is just another fancy word for tax. <laughs> and so you have to pay more for regular Medicare. And so your IRMA, you know, that's the extra money you pay over and above the 135 bucks a month for Part B. And there's also an IRMA for Part D, too. So don't, you know, don't, don't celebrate yet. You have both IRMAs. Now, how much is it? It depends on your income. And it's based on your tax return of the previous year. Okay. So, I mean, and there are a lot of things that uh, can affect that. You know, for instance, your um, uh, and they also, uh, you know, when it comes to Social Security tax and IRMAs, they don't count just your normal taxable income. I mean, they count any kind of earn- income, such as you sold a piece of land that you had and you had a large capital gain. Uh, that means, you know, that's a different kind of tax, but it's income tax. Uh, they include that. Uh, you have tax-free municipal bonds. Well, guess what? They include that income for these calculations. You know, any way they can screw you, they're going to. Going to. <laughs> so, um, but the bottom line is, is that extra income, uh, your IRMAs can be anything based on your income as a single person or a married person. Um the additional Medicare can be as much as $428 a month. Wow. Uh, now, obviously, that's a pretty high income earner, um, but it doesn't take that much income to uh, have to pay extra for the privilege of having Medicare. Um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I can speak from personal experience. Um, 
it really makes you mad when uh, your uh, health care costs, you know, skyrocket because of Irma's. Um, And, you know, that certainly has been true for me. And it just – now, I don't pay pay at that high – tremendous level but i you know like i said you don't have to make that much money in order to have to pay the extra penalties or taxes or whatever you want to call it and i can guarantee you that tax reform that they're talking about is not changing these rules at all yeah (laughs) this is as you said really important stuff that you got to consider before you head into retirement and we're going to continue our discussion in just a bit you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander you can find more about him at wgalaw.com this is news radio 680 wptf News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. Good Saturday morning to you. And Bill, we're talking all about the things no one tells you about going into retirement. And uh, man, you dropped a, a few doozies on us with uh, uh, things you got to consider with uh, with your retirement accounts and how that could affect, boy, your uh, your Medicare payments and uh, taxes, Social Security taxes. Man, that's uh, that's some important stuff that I don't think a lot of people consider. Well, absolutely. I mean, let me give you some more disappointing news. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to drop some sunshine on us in this segment, but it's more doom Well, I mean, these are things that really hit people in a bad way, um, and there's not much they can do about them. And that's what really sort of gets next to you. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Well, here's another one. You know, most folks at least think, well, at least we're going to get that cost of living increase to our Social Security come January, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Well, here's the bad news. In almost every year, the increase in Medicare, your Medicare premium, which comes out of your Social Security check, basically takes all of your cost of living increase. So in essence, for those of you who are expecting a nice little bump to your net income, you're not going to get it. And, of course, this has been the case for the last several years, so I'm not telling those folks who are already on uh, Social Security and Medicare to – this is not a surprise to them. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, gee whiz. Now – uh, basically, you're, you're sort of grandfathered in, so if the Medicare premium is more than the cost of living increase, uh, your deduction remains the same, uh, but uh, not otherwise. And so basically, since 2014, um, no one has enjoyed an increase from their Social Security cost of living because Medicare keeps eating it up. Yeah. And, of course, uh, for uh, new enrollees, um, the uh, this past year, for 2017, um, uh, it's the Medicare premium for Part B is $134, and it's expected to remain at $134 this year. So there might be a small bump in uh, your cost of living, uh, maybe about $10 for a lot of uh, folks. Uh, but this will be the first time in, what, four years? So the bottom line is, and this is the, the thing that seniors need to understand, is that as medical costs rise, uh, the Medicare premiums are going to rise as well. 
and that will, for the most part, uh, take away any cost of living increase that Social Security uh, enjoys. So the, the government giveth and the government taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the, it just evens out. But, man, that is uh, another unfortunate side of this. But um, I guess if you go in with the mindset thinking that, okay, the adjustment really isn't coming to me, it's it's just going to go to the Medicare costs, then – you know, man, well, that's, these that's frustrating. are. I mean, for those folks that are are thinking about retirement as a gravy train, um, they got you know. There's some sad truths here uh, that make life far more difficult for seniors than people realize. And then we can add a third one. Oh boy! That um, and this is not anything that will surprise anyone that's read anything about finances. But, um, you know, it's sort of um, most financial advisors would basically tell you that as you get older, when you reach retirement, you have to be more conservative with your nest egg. Mm -hmm. You've heard that, right? Right. Okay. Well, why do you think that's true? Uh, Because if uh, you do encounter a downfall or something, there's less time to recover. That's exactly right. right. You don't. You you. It's almost impossible for a senior to uh, wait out um, a, a a a downturn or mm-hmm. or um, a, a bad market after you retire. Now the here's the problem. It's I mean just I mean there are a lot of seniors that went through the huge fall we had in two thousand seven. Okay, so here we are 10 years later. Has the market recovered? Sure. Absolutely. It has recovered. In fact, it's at all-time highs right now. Mm-hmm. And those most of the seniors who saw a downturn in 2007, guess what? They're still here. Right. Right? So have they recovered? And the answer is no. <laughs> now, why is that true? The reason is real simple. It's because... These seniors are generally drawing from their nest egg to live on, and the, that um, you know monthly those monthly needs are there in a down market, just like they're there in a um, in a good market. So guess what? In a down market, a lot of folks back then they lost half. Some some people lost more. Of their nest egg back then. Now, you know, almost everybody lost 25% or more, uh, but there were a lot of folks who lost a great deal more than that. So if you're drawing from a nest egg that's half the size of what it was before, then that monthly expense as a percentage is a whole lot higher than it would have been. And it obviously has a much greater risk that you might run out of money uh, in later years because of that, right? That's the well. I mean, that, that's <laughs> well. The bottom line is, a down market will rapidly deplete uh, your retirement savings, and so obviously, seniors need to um, be very cautious of how they invest their nest egg once they retire, because risk, it, it, it you know. It, it, the risk in the markets, uh, it's always there. You know, generally speaking, you're going to have down markets at least 
twice every 10 to 15 years, at least twice. And um, so what that means is every senior will endure at least two or three or even four down markets during their retirement years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it. Right. So got to be cautious in how um, they – uh, invest that nest egg. And that's one reason asset protection is so important. And of course, uh, my role, um, you know, as an attorney, but I also do, um, uh, you know, work with folks as it relates to their investments and finance as well, trying to give asset protection on the legal side as well as the financial side, because that's. I mean, that does make us a little bit different as it relates to um, asset protection. But you can't – you have to link them both together. I mean, because legal asset protection without financial asset protection doesn't give you what you need. You need right. both in mm-hmm. order to have an effective asset protection plan. Um, and that's far, far more important. I mean, it's important for folks your age, Jason, being a youngster – that you take enough risk to allow your nest egg to grow substantially. Uh, but for seniors, they they really do have to consider how do I balance my uh, retirement so that I can get some of that upside of the market while reducing my risk substantially so that I'm uh, so that my family is not significantly, impacted negatively by a down market. I mean, you got to have some risk. I mean, folks who only put their money in a money market account or a CD, they're still losing money because typically inflation is going to eat up any interest. And of course, that's taxable interest too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But after you pay your taxes, you haven't beat inflation. And that I mean, that might as well throw your money in the trash can, right. you know, because the bottom line is you have to have at least enough risk to where uh, your nest egg is safe, but at the same time that, that you're growing some, at, you know, at least a few percentage. Um, it'd be nice to have four or five or more. And I'm not saying be greedy. Uh, that That's where you're taking too much risk. But for seniors, uh, they still need to grow some of their nest egg. Yep. It's a balancing act, and it's something that you got to put some thought into. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're, uh, we're talking uh, a lot about retirement today. And uh, I want to remind everyone very quickly, though, that uh, we've got a seminar coming up on December 13th. That's the second Wednesday of the month. And we do that every second Wednesday of the month. And uh, this is a chance for folks to learn about some long-term care. We don't have to get too far into this, so we may do that next week. But I uh, just wanted people to have that on their radar that uh, it's well, a great I, chance. I appreciate that. And for those, <clears throat> you know, this time of year um, is when a lot of families recognize that uh, they may have a long-term care problem. And our seminar is about that. It's like, what are your financial options? Uh, what government assistance is out there? How 
how do you become eligible for it? How do you protect your uh, assets and become eligible for government assistance? And and that's what we try to teach. And it's a free seminar. We don't feed folks. So I'll tell you that up front. It's not that kind of seminar. But we normally uh, and I and actually uh, this seminar uh, I will be t- doing two of the three s- seminars personally. Uh, I, on, I normally do one, but I'm gonna I'll be doing two in December, so I'll be able to see more folks, which I always enjoy. Uh, but the seminar is so important to families that uh, have a potential long-term care crisis, and quite frankly, that's almost everybody. Right. Um, and so anyone that can foresee that they may be going down that road, this is a seminar to, to, that can be very, very helpful because for the families who can get in front of it, uh, they are in so much better shape uh, than those who wait until the crisis occurs. Now, truthfully, 90% of the families we help are already in crisis, and we can do an awful lot to help any family. But at the same time, the the place to begin is educating yourself. And the only place you can go to get accurate information, facts, if you will, on how this stuff works is to come to the seminar. The problem for families is there's no place out there uh, in terms of reading a book or, or the like where you can get good information. You can't go to family members. You can't go to financial advisors or social workers because they don't know these rules. And so as a result, there's a lot of bad information. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where if you want accurate information, you need to go to a, our seminar. It's, that's just, it's simple. When it comes to long-term care in North Carolina, that's what, the, that's what folks need to do. So we hope to see a bunch of folks there, um, uh, you know, our second Wednesday uh, of each month. And um, so we'll be there, and I'll look forward to that. And again, that's uh, December 13th this month, and you can register in advance at WGALaw.com. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, so what's something else um, that folks need to know? Well, and this this gets away with a lot of folks, but um, there is what's called a 4% rule. Have you ever heard of that? I've not heard of this. Well, bottom line is it's like, okay, I've got this nest egg. How much of it, now I'm retired, how much can I spend of it my first year and my second year, my third year and my fourth year, and not run out of money during my lifetime based on needing my nest egg to live on? Okay. Okay. So there, and there's a time tested rule um, which basically says you can take 4% a year. In other words, in your first year, you can take your 4%. And, of course, um, you know, with inflation, that can increase a little bit each year. Um, but each year, you take 4% of your nest egg. Uh, now, um, if that's all you take, then your nest egg should last for at least 30 years. Okay. And, of course, you don't know how long you're going to live in retirement, but, 
you know, 25 to 30 years is a pretty good guess. <laughs> okay, depending on when you retire. You know, sometimes I meet folks in their mid-50s that say, I'm getting ready to retire, and I'm just going, wow, you, <laughs> you must be rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the bottom line is, for most folks, uh, they retire in their late 60s. Um, I think 70 is going to be the new retirement age for most folks. Um, but people are going to be living until their late 90s and even to 100 plus. Um, and that's, um, you know, people are just simply living longer. And that's a fact of life. So you got to factor that into retirement. So now here's the good news. The 4% rule is um, fairly conservative. It assumes that you're going to have a couple bad markets in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you probably will, but you may not, or your investments may, may be protected from down markets. Um, and so as a result, you uh, may end up with more money at, re- at when you die than when you started, you know, in terms of your nest egg, if you're really lucky. Um, but the 4% rule is a pretty good rule to start with. But there's one other issue when it comes to retirement, and I really believe in this, I I have to say, um, do you know that you really want to spend more money in your early years of retirement rather than to save it for your last years? Do you know why? Uh, Why is that, Bill? Well, it's real simple. You still feel young. You still want to get out and do stuff. You want to do a little traveling. You want to do some things that you haven't been able to do because you've been slaving away for <laughs> 30 or 40 years or more. And and it's sort of like, well, now I have the time where I can do some stuff. And I'm still healthy and I feel good. And and guess what? I don't want to stay home and not spend my money. Right. <laughs> well... Don't you think that's important for folks to be able to enjoy life and and while they can? Absolutely. Because there will be a time where you've done enough. You've traveled enough. It's like, yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather stay home. I'd rather just go to the beach. I'd rather do something simple. And and so truthfully, for most seniors, there's, there is a a great I mean if you want to call it this a greater need uh, to spend more money early in retirement and less money later in retirement and that's something that folks really should factor in now obviously everybody's different in terms of what they enjoy doing and how they enjoy doing it but for most folks they have a at least some game plan uh, about what they would like to be able to do. Uh, once they retire, and oftentimes it does include travel and it includes doing things that they really have wanted to do for a number of years but just couldn't do it because they had to work. Of course. Of course. Yeah, that's uh, something very important to consider because, as you said, you've got that impulse and that urge to uh, spend a little bit more early. A quick Mm -hmm. break and back, and we'll continue our conversation about things no one tells you about retirement. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong, and we're talking all about things no one tells you about going into retirement. And Bill, we're uh, uh, the show is winding down just a little bit here, but are you, any more any sunshine that you can drop on us, or is it still more? Well, concerned? here's here's one that goes both ways. Okay, okay. I like this. So there there's go. you know it's a cl- cloudy day. You <laughs> <Okay>. know. <laughs> well, here it is. Other than your potential health care costs, which will continually go up, mm-hmm. for most retirees, their expenses actually go down. Okay. All right. And that's the good news. Yeah. Why, now, why is that? There are several factors as to why, for many seniors, their expenses go down. For many, it's because you paid your mortgage off. Right. That's a biggie. Okay. Well, that, you know, that obviously is a significant decrease in your monthly expenses. Um, typically, as you get older, you slow down and you stop doing the things we just talked about. It's sort of like, well, I'm not interested in going on that cruise anymore. And I don't, you know, I I don't want to travel around the world. And I, you know, all I want to do is visit my grandchildren and, (laughs) you know, those kind of things. So the bottom line is for a lot of folks, their, um, their lifestyle expenses go down. And and that's that's huge. Um, so th- that that can be a, a huge savings. Uh, you know, you uh, for a lot of folks, they go out to eat less. They they you know eat less altogether. You mm-hmm. know uh, those kind of things. Um, so expenses go down, but with one exception, and that's healthcare costs. And of course. You know, we, that's something I talk about all the time with with the, the biggest crisis financially is long-term care. That's why we do our seminars. So I'll just repeat that again. Come to our seminar. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that most families will, in fact, have a long-term care crisis. And for a married couple, the percentage is up there about 80% likelihood that one of the two will have a long-term care crisis. And... Um, you know the percentage, um, and and there's a fairly re- percentage that both spouses will have a long-term care crisis. So the bottom line is, and long-term care expenses are always will kill you uh, financially unless you have a plan to avoid those. And so that's it's really important. That's that's one reason why every family should come to our seminar because that's really what we talk about. What are the options out there in terms of where you can get money to pay for these ridiculously high expenses. Uh, but like I said, uh, there, the good news is expenses go down. Seniors tend, tend to get tax breaks. You know, sometimes your, um, your property taxes, uh, you get a discount on those. Uh, you have a larger standard deduction. You, you might have a medical expense deduction um, for folks who um, – uh, you know, you don't have payroll tax to pay anymore when you're not er- having earned income. Um, so the bottom line is, for most seniors, their tax uh, taxes go down significantly uh, for one reason or another, good news or bad news, they their, your tax rates go down, and that's that means an awful lot. So anyway, good news and bad news. And then the last thing I would mention is that um, – you know, for seniors, they still have 24 hours, seven days a week to do something. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
one of the biggest things to avoid is not doing anything. You know, depression is a big killer. Uh, it, it's, um, it's bad for you. And the bottom line is, is that staying at home by yourself and not doing anything but watching TV is a pretty depressing thing. So the, the bottom line is that people need to get out. In fact, it's one of the reasons that I recommend frequently to older singles, particularly widows and widowers who are not used to living alone and don't want to live alone, that they can consider uh, not moving in with the kids, but moving, if they can afford it, to an independent living situation where they have socialization and life is easier because meals are prepared and their rooms are cleaned for them and somebody makes their bed and gives them fresh linen and towels each week and things like that. But it's the socialization and getting out, if you will, and doing stuff that's so important. Uh, for seniors. People really need a plan for how they're going to utilize their time, whether they're, you know, still living at home and that, you know, for some folks, that's where they want to be. Um, but they need to find a, a way, a productive way of, of uh, spending their time. That's really important for every senior. Yeah. And if you're in a situation of isolation, sometimes it's hard to see within yourself just how, uh, how much that's affected you, affected you until you get out and you start the socialization again. It's a big boost. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find him online at WGALaw.com. You can also find him uh, Wednesday of next week. That's uh, December 13th at Independence Village Raleigh. And we'll have more information about the seminars, but uh, you can find uh, uh, plenty about it online at WGALaw.com. And Bill will be talking about that next week on the show as well. Uh, I'm sure we will a little bit. But I'd encourage folks to sign up early and, and just plan to come to our seminar. I think folks will be glad that they did. Yep. We hope to see you there and we hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next Saturday at 11. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.